Welcome aboard and buckle up. You're now listening to Shift Happens with Jim Milloway. Now, let's dive in, go deep, share ideas, and take a good look at what we, in the benefits industry, can do to accelerate the shift to the member-first economy. And now, live from Zero Studios, your host, the more infamous than famous, Jim Milloway. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Shift Happens. I'm Jim Milloway. This podcast is a place where we take an in-depth look at what we, all of us in the benefits industry, can do to accelerate the shift to what we call the member-first economy. It involves an evolved mindset, right? We use modern approaches, customer delight, data analytics, and technology to experience the shift to where this industry really should be. My name is Jim Milloway. I'm the CEO at Zero, and I'll be your host today. Really excited about our special guest, who's the benefits manager at St. Rain Valley School District in Colorado, Vicki Mayer. Vicki, thank you so much for joining us. I'd like to welcome you to the podcast, and I'd love for you to tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks, Jim. I appreciate you inviting me to be here. I'm going to keep this really brief. I'm going to summarize it in two sentences about who I am. Um, I've been in the benefits and HR business for uh, about 30 years, Um, so a long time. I've got experience in both the private and the public sector, so I've I've, uh, seen it from all different angles. And I joined the St. Green District uh, six years ago as their benefits manager. So. Perfect. I love that. So tell everyone that's listening live and will listen in the future, tell us a little bit about the district. Okay. Um, St. Vrain is located in Longmont, Colorado, uh, and that's about 30 miles north of Denver. We're the seventh largest school district in the state of Colorado, and we do operate in 13 different communities and we spread across 411 square miles. So uh, we are really spread out up here. Um, We have about 3,600 benefits eligible employees. We have two self-funded health plans, uh, one of which is, or two of them are administered by UMR, which is a TPA, third-party administrator. And then we have a fully insured plan through Kaiser Permanente. We've got about 65% of our enrollees in our self-funded plans, and then 35% are in the Kaiser plan. So that's a a little capsule of of what we look like. Um, And then you wanted to know about being proactive and what we were doing. so, so So I had the pleasure of meeting you probably now four years ago. Yes. And and wow, time has flown. And especially the last year. Uh, One of the things that I that from our immediate first conversation that that got me so excited about talking to you is not just you, but your team. You guys are so proactive when you think about your benefits and what they mean to the faculty and the staff and all the families associated. So why is it that St. Vrain Valley and you specifically, how why are you guys so proactive? (laughs) <laughs> well, um, my my approach has always been pretty proactive. I told you I'd been in both private and in public employers. And obviously, um, most of the, especially the public, you got to be really creative in your problem solving because you just can't throw money at every problem. <laughs> so, I mean, it's easy to solve all sorts of problems or at least attempt to by throwing tons of money at it. We don't have it. So we have to kind of get a little more creative. So, 
when I joined the district, one of the first things I did was I actually conducted a benefits survey and I asked my employees, what, what's important to you in a benefits plan? What do you appreciate about the benefits plan we offer? And are there things that you would like to see? So they told us a number of things and you have to kind of start narrowing down. You can't do everything at once. But um, one of the things they told us that, that I think kind of surprised us, um, they said, we can pay the premiums with that we can cover. But once we do, it's hard for us to um, pay for care throughout the year. They've got an upfront $2,000 deductible. Um, and, you know, until then, the health plan didn't help them out at all. Um, another thing they told us was that they really preferred flat co-pays um, because it removed that financial uncertainty that people face when they go to a provider and they really have no idea what that provider, what that visit's going to cost them and all. So those were two of their their biggest focus. So we immediately said, look, we've got to remove those financial barriers. What good is a health plan if people won't use it? And so um, we knew we had to protect the financial situation at the district, obviously. Um, but we also needed to get those financial barriers out of the way. So um, I will tell you all the changes that we've implemented over the recent uh, last six years, they have been either at or very, very close to being cost neutral to changing the, the pricing for the plan. So we are really careful about doing things that benefit the employees, but also are not financially detrimental to the, the district. So, right, Which is tough. And we've talked about this before. And I think one of the main reasons when we started working with you guys so many years ago was that attractiveness of all of our fees being at risk. Right. So that's it. Yes. Explain that complexity for school districts who are being asked to pay PEPMs or all kinds of other fixed fees versus the other model. Absolutely. Um, that You're absolutely right, Jim. That was one of the most positive things that I um, reacted to when I met you all. I loved the concept of what Zero Card was doing. And um, we went with you. We were the first school district. Well, we're the first anyone that went with Colorado. you in Colorado. Uh, so we, you know, we were with you through building the network and all that stuff. But one of the things that made it easy for me to be able to sell my um, leadership on was um, when you have a PEPM and you're paying for everyone who's eligible to use it, but we all know that not everyone's going to use any one plan it's exceptionally expensive for, and especially for a smaller employer or a public employer like us to have to pay those PE PMs. And so you all came in and said, we're gonna do it different. Um, and so for instance, the first month when nobody knew at all in, in January of 18, when we went with you, um, it was the first month we'd introduced the concept during open enrollment. So people, you know, were aware, but obviously we had very small claims that first month because the word wasn't out yet, you know, for people and all, but our fees were also almost nothing for that month. So it, it would made it easy for me to be able to sell it to my leadership to say, if no one's using the plan, it's not costing us anything, but, Turns out um, our folks are using it very heavily now. And um, yeah, we, 
we've um, we're up to about a half million dollars a year in claims, and it's just growing all the time. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And you really did help me get past one of the first things that I was going to have to answer, which is how are we, can we know it's going to be cost effective? So, yeah. And, and trust me, I will never forget that first meeting and I will never forget the St. Rain Valley school district was our first Colorado <laughs> customer. So we, we'd love you guys for that. Let, let me shift gears a little bit about, yeah. uh, about this too. So one of the other interesting things is you didn't just stop here, right? Like you're not just looking at one aspect of your plan. You, you do a really good job of thinking about this holistically. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts around primary care how that's a foundational piece of the strategy and how you've chosen to address the primary care delivery within the plan fit. Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, primary care, I mean, it's critical that employees get connected to a primary care doctor. They need someone who can track changes in their health. They need someone that can make sure that they're getting the various tests they need because we all know, you know, the inclination is, Hey, I feel good. So I must be good. Well, we know that is just not true. So you need that primary care person to sort of be that nexus where they can sort of pull everything together and make sure that employees and their families are being cared for, getting the tests they need and all that. So what we did um, first, we did two different things in the primary carrier. So um, First, we went ahead and added a second health plan because initially we had one and it was, as you heard, um, deductible coinsurance, the traditional way of doing it. Um, the second plan that we implemented utilized co-pays for office visits so that we could meet that, that concern that employees had that, hey, I don't know what it's going to cost me when I go. So we implemented that. Um, and people immediately reacted and said, oh, my gosh, thank you, because what was happening is they would go all year and never receive a benefit from the insurance. So to them, they didn't value that benefit. It wasn't valuable to them because they didn't use it. They didn't see why it was important. Most people, thankfully, aren't hospitalized or whatever. So that that was fine. Second, though, we implemented as part of that new plan um, a direct primary care option, um, which meant that we paid a monthly fee. And then everyone that was in their family that was on the plan could use, um, they had unlimited access to primary care through one of the doctors that was on the plan. We partnered with Nextera Healthcare is who we used. Um, so they got 24 ac um, hour access to those doctors. So they could either go see them in the office, they could text them, they could telephone them. Uh, so 24 seven access. Um, they have extended visits. So when they go, they don't just go in and spend five to 10 minutes with the doctor. It's more like 30, 40 minutes with the doctor so that they can really talk about what's on their mind. Because a lot of times it's when you're talking about those things and someone says something and you go, hey, that doesn't sound right. And you, you may not have talked about that at all if you're only in there five or 10 minutes. But when you're spending 30 minutes with someone, you can really get down into it. And so you really get a, an excellent chance to get better diagnosis and all. Um, they have been a great partner as well in making sure that our patients get directed to know and low cost providers under our plan, including um, you all, zero. Because um, if someone needs x-rays or lab tests or whatever, 
they make sure that they get go and use the, the local zero providers. So that has been wonderful. And we've also benefited from that in that um, we have lower usage in our emergency room and urgent care centers because they have the 24-7 access through their direct primary care doctor. So it's been a great way of getting our folks to cost-effective providers at a um, very reasonable cost to us and then no cost to them, which has been uh, really great in getting people in there to see their doctors. So That's great. And I can tell you, we've had a lot of fun over the years as we get further and further integrated with NextEra, right? Like how do we give the clinic the tools, right? Because no matter how good the primary care is, there's still going to be things that happen outside of that primary care clinic. So people are still going to need CT scans and they're still going to need ACL right. repairs to you. To your point, so it's been fun to watch the relationship between our team and the Nextera team and your team evolve. And every time we take one more step, right, everybody's winning. And it's just been great to watch. That's exactly right. And and that's what I was going to say is it's just been a wonderful partnership. Um, and it's really helpful because when their doctor tells them to do something, it's way different than if I as an employer tells them. Um, now, I do think that our programming and stuff has shown employees that we really do care about them as individuals and we want them to be healthy and all. So I think they it's not that there's a lack of trust, but there's just a different level of trust with your personal physician. So that has been great. And they really have been wonderful in getting folks directed to you all. When they can't do the stuff right there in their office for free, then they get them to you all and they still are able to get the free services. And it's been so well received by our employees. That's great. So, okay, so we're getting some, we're getting some live questions from the audience. And so Vicki has no idea what I'm gonna ask her. She's had no time to prepare. So these are the fun ones. So here's the first one, and it's a two-part question. Do you try to encourage the members to go with the Kaiser plan over the self-funded plan? And secondly, which one is a better plan for the members? Okay, so no, we do not try to get them to go on there. Although every time I look at those high-cost claimant reports, there's, you know, it dashes through my mind. But no, we, um, we actually are very careful to let people know that we offer three plans because no one plan is the best for everyone. I will tell you prior to us implementing all these changes to the self-funded plan, we had been losing people to the Kaiser plan, but they weren't the ones that you know most employers would say, oh, we want them to go there because they tended to be the young, healthy people who had to worry about kids you know, getting hurt at uh, softball games and, you know, a variety of different things. So we, we are pretty careful about not, and we've also priced. So for single coverage, every one of our health plan options is exactly the same cost. And we did that to be neutral because when I first went, came to the district, not only Kaiser was um, the cheapest plan, and anyone who says, well, I don't really need coverage very much. I'll go with that one. So we were losing all of the people who were the best risks <laughs> into the Kaiser plan. Um, but now people say, well, which is the best plan? And, and you know, I, I tell them, look, it depends on how you use healthcare." And then I start to describe 
the availability of all these free services and stuff through zero card and the direct primary care and stuff. And um, we have, we have switched. There's been, we picked up 5%, uh, five percentage points of enrollment over the last four years, but that was intentional. Some people, I do understand what you're saying. Some people would say, Hey, let's just get them off on, on Kaiser and, and, you know, be done with them. Then we don't have to worry about them. But by doing this, we gave people plans that really seem to meet their needs. And we've begun to see um, a lot more families and, and all coming. So um, we anticipate that, you know, overall it's going to be good for our self-funded plan. Yeah. So it, in the real world, the self-funded plan has to compete with the Kaiser experience, right? right. Because Kaiser's, Kaiser's very restricted, not like very predictable, right? You do this and you do this, you do that. And that's an extreme level of comfort, right? Because people don't have to make a whole lot of decisions. And so you've had to adopt things like, you know, access to the specialty care or the, or the primary care where you're delivering that same experience. That's right. And that's why it's been so great with, you know, working with our direct primary care group, um, because we meet with them every year when we're implementing the new plans and making changes and we let them know what's coming on board and how it, you know, how it'll benefit them and all. And then they are great about helping us get the word out and directing people sort of like Kaiser does. Cause I mean, that's a real plus for folks, you know, to never really have to think about it. You all just call the same number and you get directed to wherever and they take care of all that. Um, and you know, it's a complicated world in today's healthcare environment. So we've had to try and and really do a great job of communicating with our employees and staying on top of helping them to know. And I always stress, for instance, when someone says, um, okay, I've got to get an MRI, where do I go? Well, the first thing I say is, um, did you know that you can get that MRI for free under our zero card program? And they say, what? And they're very excited and I can hear it in their voice. And the first thing I say is, let me give you their phone number. And I said, you call them and they can tell you who's the provider that you can go to. They can even help you schedule an appointment. Um, And I just direct, and so you guys have really helped us uh, tremendously in that area because I give them one number and then if they want to make the phone call themselves, they can, but if not, you guys will reach out. I know I got a referral the other day and and the folks reached out from the doctor's office to me because you all had called and given them the referral. So you've really helped us do some of that uh, and relieve uh, the complication of, of the normal health plan. So. Gotcha. Okay. We got another question too. So these are both Kaiser questions. Okay. So one, this is probably a pretty easy one. Does Kaiser have its own hospital in your market? Yes. Although it's not immediately in our market. So our folks typically have to drive. um, And there's two choices that they have. Uh, One is about 20 miles away from here. And one is maybe 25 30 miles away. So it's not as convenient as we'd like. We do have a local office here where they can get, you know, urgent care and and doctor's visits and things. But if they have to be hospitalized, there's only a choice of two in the Denver area. So. Gotcha. Okay. When you look at primary care, so are you guys able to see a higher quality or less expensive or both primary care in the next era versus the Kaiser? How do you think about that? 
they both get pretty darn good quality care. Um, I mean, you know, Kaiser is kind of a leader um, in, in those things. And all the surveys say, hey, they're really good about, um, you know, making sure people are getting their routine exams and their mammograms and their prostate screenings and stuff. So, um, but I think that's one of the things that we've really focused on is the quality as well. So for instance, when our folks, um, if they go through the direct primary care, I know they're great, getting great care because we hear all the time from employees how great they're treated. And, you know, we're seeing good data as well that supports that. But then we also um, made some, so for instance, I, I, I'm big on choice. So we have the three different health plans. So one of the things I said was, what about people that are on that plan, but they don't want to use that doctor, they want to use another doctor. So we um, also partnered with UMR to um, use their quality network, the premium designated designation network. And these providers are all ones that have met uh, some pretty strict quality standards. They're at the top of their um, field in in quality and also then in control and costs. So kind of like you, Jim, that's exactly what you guys are looking for in the providers that you offer us. And, UMR, we've incorporated that into our our plan as well. So our employees' quality is absolutely top of mind. And I really do see that our folks, um, we've only been using the PDP network now for a year and a half, and um, usage is very high. People you know, they want to use a good quality network. They just, they just don't know how to find out who's a good doctor, who's not. So we, um, we made it financially to their advantage. Uh, so they can now see a, um, a specialist for $30 and $0 for primary care. Um, that's wonderful. And when you know that these are some of the top rated doctors in the area, dang, why not? So, um, Exactly. So, you know, the last year has been tough for all of us, mm-hmm. right? You know, we never had a playbook of how to survive a pandemic, both, you know, personally or professionally. Right. And it's been increasingly tough on school districts, right? Because remind me again, how many students are you guys serving across all those communities? 34,000, something like that. We've got, we've got quite a few. And, um, you know, the schools are 60 different schools spread all around. So, um, and you have different rules for, you know, the grade schoolers and the middle schoolers and the high schoolers and also. Yeah. So what do you think, what do you think you learned from COVID and, and how did COVID impact how you think about the support, the benefits need to play for everyone across all those schools? It actually was very, I I have to say, we didn't have to make many changes, which I felt was a good comment uh, on our benefit plans and all. So for instance, early on, uh, we, the district made arrangements to offer COVID testing um, to ensure ease of access for our employees. They were, it was drive-through. People could just go through, get the test. They could make a reservation. We did that. Um, We really didn't have to make a lot of plan changes um, except for the ones to ensure that we were meeting the government's mandate and covering COVID cases at 100% and all, which we were happy to do, of course. Um, 
enrollees in our direct primary care program have always had round the clock access to their doctors via text and telephone. So we, we didn't need to do any adjustments there. Even when other offices were closing, they still had a doctor that they could call and, and get treatment and stuff. So that was great. We also had Amwell that we had incorporated into our program several years ago um, that people could use. And then we did expand our coverage pretty quickly though to cover remote office visits for both mental health as well as medical. But our benefits, um, yeah, we were we did pretty great. Now, um, I, I think you should take this. I think this is what's amazing. So we'll go back six years and you talked about yeah. it here a, a few minutes ago. And one of the things you heard from that survey six years ago is I can afford my premiums, mm -hmm. but I can't afford the out-of-pockets. So you started doing things like giving people access to specialty care, imaging or surgery, and then primary care for free. So it's almost... It's almost as if from a financial health perspective, the plan was already pandemic proof. We, we really, like I said, I was pretty pleased. I mean, I was hearing people saying, oh my gosh, we're having to scramble to do this and we're scrambling. We really didn't have to because our program was already set up that way. And literally we made just a couple of small tweaks and you're right. We we sort of were pandemic proof, so it was it was easy, and I'm I'm thankful for that that we had really set a good foundation, and we simply added to it a little bit. So and I know, and and I think it's uh, uh, I think you deserve to pat yourself on the back and the team and everyone. It's this, and you mentioned it in this conversation too. It's this relentless pursuit of how do we improve access for the plan members, but also still be stewards of the district's plan money. And you've yep. been able to show time and time again that you can accomplish that. So a lot of people listening live today or are gonna to listen to this afterwards are gonna say, yeah, these things sound great. But when you talk about your experience with us and you're talking about experience with Nextera, like we don't want perceived complexity to be an obstacle for people delivering better care. So how easy or hard is it for school districts to go execute on these types of solutions? Well, we found that it was actually pretty easy. Um, obviously, and you know, you hear this every time, uh, part of the success will be if you're communicating enough between the vendors and the school district, we want them to understand exactly what we expect of them and what we want to get out of the relationship. Um, and, you know, if you just communicate that and they communicate back with you and, um, you know, it really has not been bad. I've got a very small department. Um, it's myself and two ladies uh, on the benefit side and, and one person on the wellness side. But, you know, there's only three of us and we have all these thousands of employees and we're able to do all of this. We've been able to structure it this way because folks like yourself, Jim, um, and Nextera, they're taking a lot of the responsibility off our plate because we've already communicated to them what we need, what we want. And um, as you know, I still call you now and say, hey, I think we need to add a, a coverage in this area and whatever. And, uh, but I feel like it's been a great partnership and you shouldn't shy away from doing some of these things because you have a small staff or whatever, because um, you can do it, you can okay. do it. All right, one last question, and we'll wrap it up. So this is from another person uh, listening live, and this will go back, I think. This will speak to the relationship of building a holistic approach, like with us and with Nextera at the primary care level. Right. 
So I'll ask you the question and I'll make a quick comment. So the question is, are people overusing things because they're free? Because aren't copays supposed to prevent that? In our experience, what we've seen is because we're so close with Nextera and you are, we're actually letting the physicians determine the type of care that people need. So did I get that right? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I do think so. And of course, that's a, a normal fear is, oh my gosh. But if you think about it, um, that might be the case if we were giving them free passes to the movie theater, they might be using it constantly. And all. But I mean, the reality is most people most people don't want to go to the doctor constantly. They don't want to get a lot of blood tests. They don't want to do their uh, colonoscopy any more than they have to and all. So what we have found is it just enables people to take the cost equation out of it when they're thinking about how to get the care and talking to their provider. We still encourage people, work with your provider. If your provider says you need this, then call zero card because if this is a covered expense, it's going to be taken care of and you won't have to worry about that part of it. So we simply removed that sort of hindrance to them. I don't think we have seen excessive usage of it. Um, we've set the plans up so that they follow the same limitations. So for instance, if, if, physical therapy is limited to 26 visits in a year under your plan, you can still say the same thing um, with zero card and stuff, even though we, you know, we, it, we still follow the same rules and stuff. So I don't think it has been um, used extensively. We've had two of our previous years over the last five years where we had zero premium increases for the employees. That's pretty amazing, you know? So um, I don't feel like we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of overusage. Well, I, I very much enjoyed this conversation. As you know, I've always enjoyed our relationship and I, and I love catching up with you. This was fun. You know, like I said, I remember years ago when it was the first customer in Colorado and now, you know, we work with over 40 plus public sector plans today that represent over 30,000 members. And so this has been a really delightful space for us to work in, not just for myself personally, but for the team. And we love helping make an impact on these populations and these teachers and their support staff that have just gone through what we could have never imagined over the past year. You bet. You know, and so for everyone listening, I hope this has been helpful, informative and fun. Uh, again, Vicki, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone hit me up on LinkedIn, Twitter, same thing with Vicki. Uh, let us know what's on your mind. Take care, stay healthy, and let's get shift done. We hope you've enjoyed Flying Zero Studios on our destination to Shift Happens with Jim Milloway. Be sure to subscribe and review our podcast. And don't forget to join us for each and every episode as we accelerate the shift to the member-first economy.